This is episode 76 of the Break 80 podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to the Break 80 faithful. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to the pod on Apple, Spotify, other places as well. Also, our newsletter, which typically has weekly content. If you could follow us on all social media platforms, that will also really help us out. Now that we got that out of the way, Stouds here joining me on a beautiful November evening. Short-sighted Mike, as well as Top 110. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Mike, start with a little Thanksgiving history lesson for us. How about? A little Thanksgiving history. Pilgrims and Native Americans getting together. <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't need to go into the dark history where the, uh, you know, the one Native American group helped the, you know, got help from the pilgrims and the guns to kill their rival Native American group. Uh, and then they all celebrated to, um, you know, uh, feast because they Native Americans showed the pilgrims how to use fish as fertilizer to, to grow food, <laughs> which you know I I I always laugh at some of these European groups that would come over with just no clue. We're just, just going to show up and expect to survive in like 1600s and eight 1700s and all this back in the day, like Jamestown Colony just totally totally disappeared because they were unprepared, have nothing have nothing to go off of Harley. They didn't bring any like seeds or any plants or anything, just whatever. Um, you know, just kind of kind of living life like Tim, basically. Just no plan. Just do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, by through all things, God will help me. So I'm pretty sure Tim has some Thanksgiving conspiracy, don't you, Tim? I mean, uh outside of our round of golf today or within Thanksgiving itself, because yeah, you guys no, had, I had I had to work today. You guys were out there grinding, playing golf. The real grind happened on the course. Yeah. The big, yeah. We can get to that story in a second here. The big question is, does Chili's or Applebee's stay open tomorrow for you? What are you going to you know, do? I, what are you going to do I if don't you can't know. go to your normal food source? I'm not sure. And you'd think in the great state of Texas that they'd probably give their, their employees off at their luxury restaurants. Yeah, I forgot you're flying to Texas tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, who knows? Who knows? But it did hit up the Applebee's today. The Dollarita is gone, folks. It's It's a shame. Oh. Um, October's only, but it is McRib season. If you're into luxury food, <laughs> Lux- luxury food. <laughs> Damn, isn't there a Chili's at the airport or no? There is. There, there is. is. My flight's at seven a.m. Though, now I shouldn't be advertising on on the internet. I don't think you're supposed to do that. That's what the boomers say. Don't tell people when you're leaving your home. But yeah, I'm I'm going to be there too early in the morning for it to be open. Although the old Presidente Margarita goes down pretty nice any time of the day. So if any of you any of you thieves uh, can find his condo and you're looking to steal a lot of turvis, that's about all you'd come away with. You just oh, it's, you, it's, you just come away with turvis tumblers. It's my whole <laughs> retirement plan right now, Mike. I think I got 130 of these. You're not finding any cash. He spends it all on golf trips, but you might find a few yeah. guns. Yeah, a couple guns and turvis tumblers. It's the American <laughs> way, folks. Uh, turvis, if you're listening. We're open to that sponsorship. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> With my new AI generated logos for Break Eighty, we could get some great oh, tumblers. <laughs> well, the big news, and this is really recent, actually came out today. So if you're listening to this day before Thanksgiving, reported that John Rom may be heading to live. Um, you know, supposed number six hundred million dollars. Uh, waiting an insane amount. So much money, and I think it's you know, who know who knows you know like we've always talked about a rumor has something behind it, right? 
a lot of times you go back to, you know, you could kind of predict that Brooks was going to go and eventually goes, you know, you kind of knew some of these guys were going to be leaving just based off of rumors. And then eventually it ends up happening. Sounds like he's waiting though on a few format changes. One of them being, you know, let's do 72 holes. He needs to get world ranking points. So anybody that goes over there, that was the one thing that the PGA tour could kind of hold over these guys for not going was because they would not be getting world ranking points, thus not getting into some of these bigger tournaments. Obviously now with the golf that's out there, it's seeming to be more and more that the major is the only thing that matters. So now that's is what we get. Um, I don't know what your guys' take. I do know also that Shipnunk, uh, Shipnunk and Phil Mickelson. Oh, yeah. Are don't, do not, media do not like each other. Media. Do not like each other. I saw that today. So they're they're you know that's all about the the John um, Rom rumor as well. So I don't know if he does go to live. How does that change things? But what are your guys' takes on on one of the actual staples of the PGA Tour? Which you know I I don't know. It just I think things are going to be interesting if this actually goes down. So well, here's I, the quote I, before here before we go on that. Here's that quote since you brought it up. So Shipnick posted on Twitter in recent days. Phil has been telling folks that Rom signing with Live is a done deal. They share the same agent, apparently. But we all know Mickelson is a relentless salesman slash bullshit artist. So take that for what it's worth. Then Phil shot back, this isn't true, and I don't know anything. I don't want to know anything, and I haven't said anything. Alan is the worst liar and a pathetic human. <laughs> so it's, so so they're going back and forth uh, about Rob. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tim. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to, to read some totals here, right? So... I've got Brooks Kepka, and these are these are large money giveaways, just giveaways through the last year or two. Um, Brooks Kepka at $100 million from Liv. I've got Dustin Johnson right around $100 million from Liv. I have feeding our starving children $250 million from the taxpayers. Uh, I've got Israel at $14.3 billion, and I've got Ukraine at... Oh, where was that number? What does this have to do with live golf? It, it, it's easy to just give money away when it doesn't matter. Oh my God. Well, Rob so, is worth any dollar value you want to put to him. So, well, that's the thing. The money doesn't matter. The money is insane. Like if they're going to give John Rom 600 million, they truly do not give a shit about making money because there's no way. They are bleeding. They've already bled a billion and like a billion and a half dollars. They never make money because nobody watches it. It's like it's got lower viewing than Judge Judy on the CW, and and nobody cares. He's good though. So to pump out six hundred million is just crazy. Like you're just, I don't even understand. I mean, at that point, Rom, you have to take it, don't you? Like. 600 million like Rom probably makes in a year with all of his sponsorships and winnings. What? 30 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's maybe it's roughly, so, if, if, that, if that even um, it's so much money and you don't know when you're going to get cold. You don't know when that first injury is going to happen. You just, you don't know when that cooling period is going to start and why wouldn't you take the money up front? Well, it does make him look like a hypocrite. I do think he does worry a little bit. He's a guy I think that does care deeply about, his reputation and the history of golf. You know, he's brought up a lot of stuff with history before. And earlier this year, he sat down at a press conference and basically said, listen, that live PGA tour isn't going to change 
you know, the amount, I make plenty of money on the PGA Tour, he basically said, like, it's not going to change anything. And that was probably before a $600 million offer. You know, I'm sure he was thinking $200 million. Um, He's probably thinking, well, in this economy, I might as well take that money. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I still don't, I don't see, I, other than obviously the Saudis just, you know, wanting to get a foot in the in the golf world like they're never it's just the amount of money for not going to make money is insane but whatever i i would say two things on this maybe because there was talk of him changing the way that the tournaments are done either he has insight over his negotiations there might be an nda on it who knows uh but he may have some insight into negotiations of what the tour is going to look like the live tour this year and what that piff deal looks like and is it is it going to come to fruition because if he's got an insight on that and he can take the money and run and come back to the tour yeah that would be sneaky that'd be the all-time sneaky move by rom take the 600 mil and then the piff happens and they have it all combined anyway and he's got 600 mil just sitting there unless unless there's a stipulation on the contract but um also i don't i don't know if you saw this or not but live dropped their schedule for the year they did and It's it's shitty again but it's here's the thing it's different it's different which is wonderful i don't i don't care if we're seeing new courses that might not be up to par of some of the others but we're seeing new courses it's so exciting and some of the stops that they have are new i mean england's in a different spot this year it's it's nashville it's uh nashville's new houston Houston. um going back to australia Florida's that was well. Decided. That was their big. That was their best event ever. Was Australia the one that? Like, I wonder. I wonder how much of that is trying to find new courses, or did the existing courses, like in like say Tulsa, uh, you know, private clubs that gave up their course for a while, and then they didn't make any money, <laughs> or nobody, nobody made any money because nobody showed up to watch or anything. Does that part of the deal where they're like, screw it, you're you're not coming back here. What a waste of time. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What, like, doesn't it, I wonder what the other live guys would think. They went there to play less golf, to play 54 holes, no cut, all this stuff. And now Rom, one guy could possibly come in for 600 million and have him change the entire structure of the league. And just do whatever he wants. Like, doesn't that's, that's got to sit bad with some of the other guys, doesn't it? I don't know. Well, it's you know, you would, you would think so. You know the other guys are going to say they're going to switch their tune after. Of course, they're not going to care about the fifty-four hole things. You know they'll go back on saying that real golf is seventy-two holes. And however, because you know that it's it was about the money to begin with. I mean, yeah, there, the terms there was less golf. I mean that was, you know, how it started. But this place too, if they get these big dogs, they got to they got to show them enough. They got to show them enough times. I mean, they got to. They got to get them out there showing, showing off, you know, these, you know, great players. And if they don't play again, I, I, it's so weird to talk about it because you just, you know, this isn't a business model. Like they don't making money. Apparently it doesn't matter to them. So maybe they don't have to show. I don't know. It just seems so weird to try to figure out how this is all working because there's no money actually being made. Why don't they just throw $200 million at the best, that, that's exact excessive, but why don't they just throw a bunch of money at really cool venues? I mean, how are they going to say no? 
Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't, what I don't understand about this is, let's say Rom, Cantley, and Xander all go. Which is a possibility. If if Rom goes, you'll see some of those other guys will go. It's it's for sure. Um, but where do they go from there? They don't have a TV deal, and they're not going to have a. You know, maybe Fox would Fox go in and do it? I don't know. They the CW nobody watches that. They tape delay it into terrible times. Like I I wonder where they go if it gets bigger. Where do they put the uh, MTV? They, ESPN, ESPN, maybe. I mean, ESPN. No, I don't. I don't think you have to. I think that's narrow sided. I think you can go to YouTube and you can. But nobody's watching it on YouTube, Tim. The ratings are terrible in there too. It's terrible. They're terrible everywhere. I mean, YouTube is the fastest growing TV marketer right now, especially for young viewers. It it would make so much sense for them to switch to just YouTube, but I don't. I don't think it's about that. I don't think that they're there for viewership. I think they're there to take over the tour, in any means necessary. And it doesn't matter if it happens in 2024. It doesn't happen, matter if it happens in 2025. They are pulling over some of the best players. Um, and now they have the possibility of joining tours with with no complication of, of previous players leaving. So it makes it makes no sense not to take that money and run. Uh, it, uh, yeah. There's many rock songs about it, and I don't think they were wrong. <laughs> the tour is gonna have to, they're gonna have to figure this piff out front probably because I believe it was reported this week that uh, the tour was hurting with some of the purses that some of the events, you know, they were with sponsors and everything. Cause they just don't have the money. Um, Cause it's not set up currently to have the money with its charitable, whatever, but that seems like an easy fix. Just have less fucking tournaments. Do you have to have a tournament every single week? Like if you, do you have to play and you know, do they have to have all these weird uh, the Barracuda and stuff, that's a couple million dollars, $10 million purse, whatever the hell it ends up being, you could put into a different tournament. Like, you don't have to play every single week. I, yeah, the problem The problem is the tournament purses are put up by the uh, hosting. Sponsors. Yeah. Sponsors. Right. But, and, but they and don't have sponsors for some of those tournaments now. They're, they're missing sponsors. It was pretty much just the Colonial that lost theirs in a big way a, uh, a couple what, of years back. They were talking about one I saw the other day where it was a financial issue like they were they were having some financial issues with one of the tournaments i can't remember which one uh but yeah i don't know if rom goes it'll be a domino effect more will go um you know good thing pat perez signed his new deal with the with the four aces because he would have been out of there with (laughs) i'm surprised rom's going the pga tour just announced that they're getting more porta potties put in on each nine (laughs) just for him and then he's gonna just Flick dirt on them and still go. Come on, like they're trying to do these all these things for you, John Rom. I mean, do you think he's is he going to go on to his own team or is he going to make the Porto Ponies a team out there? He's got to know that that piff's going to happen or something, doesn't he? There's got to be some inside. He'll be on Sergio's team. Yeah. Oh, come on. They uh, humor me a little bit. He could be on the young team though. He could be on the team with uh, with Jocko and uh, and those guys, Mito, the young the young Latin team. I, I like the idea of him having his own team as a captain to be him with like the Porto ponies. <laughs> um, like well, the range goats. Like kind of going with that, you know, Rom's rumor going there. We see Cantley. There was kind of some floating things about him losing his Goldman Sachs sponsorship gone. Other kind of rumors flying, pulling out of the hero. Where is he next? Oh, Cantley and, and Xander would take the money in a heartbeat. I'm sure. 
So what are uh, they waiting for? The world world ranking points? Maybe, or maybe they haven't got a big of an offer. I don't know. I don't know. Like, is Patrick Cantley worth a hundred million? He's not very charismatic, you know. He's a good golfer, but like, I would argue, you know, they made this big. It was a big deal when Cam Smith went after the Open, and then he doesn't. Then he doesn't play that great on live. I mean, he's one one or something. But I think Cam Smith's not the most charismatic guy. You know, he looks Johnson. I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Both both know. of those are fan favorites. You've they got are, a whole group in Australia following. I guess like crazy, and then like Cantley doesn't the entire, have any kind of like Cantley no, and Xander no. are very flat affect. They don't have a lot of, you know, like fan superstardom to them. Where Rom does, so I don't absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. The South, the Southeast loves Justin Johnson. I don't know where Cantley fits in. Does he? Yeah. Do do the people of the Northeast? revel for golf or but at, at the end of the day if you got a if you got a let's say you threw 200 million at Cantley because what's what the hell what's 200 million when you're making billions every quarter it's just like and you're gonna add Cantley and kick out fucking you know they got some shitty golfers in there still um kick out some crappy guy it makes your league better so I don't know it's a super interesting dynamic right now the rom it was kind of quiet for a long time and then the rom thing happened today and boom it just kind of all blown up again how great would this be because i i know it's not a publicly traded company it's a private entity of the state that controls the money from the fields but what if democracy reigned in saudi arabia and they had a polling place where you could pick the next live pro <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm got, pretty sure you've got unlimited funds. I'm pretty certain that 99% of Saudi Arabians could not tell you a single fucking golfer, probably other than Tiger Woods, maybe, because I don't think anybody cares, and I don't think Saudi Aramco gives a shit. They just want their hands in more stuff that has influence. You know, that's basically what it is. So I, who knows? I don't know. I'm tired of talking about it already. <laughs> well, how about that that TGL league? That's all ran oh, again. The circus, the <laughs> county, the county, the county fair. Oh, the circus fell down. <laughs> I can't. I cannot believe. Like, Dumb. when I haven't seen anything what, deflate faster than that since the last Denny's Tiger was at. What a shitty! Like, they talked about this arena that holds like two thousand people, and it's got to have all this like short game stuff. I envisioned it to at least be like a metal building or something. But it's a, it was a fucking tent. A goddamn tent. What the it hell? It looked like the hump. It looked like the hump dome a few years ago. <laughs> they delayed till 2025. You see that? They're putting it off yeah. all year. Yep. It, what are the odds it actually even gets off the ground at all? 50-50? Zero. Zero. <laughs> I that and that's the thing. Like there's all these things that are just happening in golf to try to create hype. And you know, they have the match stuff, which is, you know, it's still different. I think they have something going with the match depending on the people that they get to play it. But this stuff, this simulator stuff, this, you know, you're right. It basically is a circus, just all this stuff going on. I mean, I, I don't know. This is just my per- personal opinion, but I'm not really wanting to tune in to watch that. I don't really need to, to watch somebody hit on a simulator or whatever they're doing um, to try to attract my golf attention, which I don't think I'm going to give them, give them that. 
And that's you another know, reason why I haven't really watched Live either. First of all, it's kind of hard to find. You can't find Live anywhere. Yeah, you can't um, really find it. It's not convenient. You know, I just throw on the Golf Channel or whatever just to see what's going on. I don't know what times it ever's on. I don't. Yeah, you know, it's you know, not I mean, like a schedule that I'm used to. I'm used to like the PGA Tour. I know it starts on Thursday. I'm in a fantasy PGA Tour league, so I <clears throat> follow it a little bit deeper than maybe. You know, there's no live fantasy golf as far as I know. Um, you know, those are all parts of it. And I, this little simulation league, I mean, maybe it's a sign that this is just not going to work. Roof caves in. Ah. All right, let's uh, let's start from scratch. They, uh, I, the only thing the only thing they had going for them to me is they were going to do it on like Tuesday nights in the winter. You know, when you're sitting at home and you might not be watching, if you're watching TV and you're a sports person, you might not be watching college basketball or NBA. You might turn it on, you know, because there's nothing else to do in the winter in, in northern in northern latitude, you know, states. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I will give it one point of of positivity, uh, and that is golf has always been one of the very few sports that you can go play the same places as your pro counterparts and try to measure your game. I mean, kind I, of. Not The access to some of these places is very limited. Well, yeah, we have played U.S. Open sites. Correct. And we didn't even play them from all the way back. And I know that we were not winning. Um, that being said, it, this will make it even more accessible to measure up. And I think that that is going to be the main area of opportunity for this TGL tour is the ability to measure yourself on the same course, same equipment as the pros and see if you can actually play some of the same shots. So I think it makes accessibility good. I love the fact that that tent fell though. That is, yeah. oh, I God, can't believe how nickel and dime. I can't believe how nickel and dime it was like, it's you made this big deal out of this thing. It's a fucking tarp. We it's have like a, learned it is so hard to do a professional tour. Holy Christ. After the last two years of this, we've seen multiple attempts at professional events from three three new forerunners in the area. They are hard to do. How does it not have a still? I'm going to go back to this again. It is a fucking tarp. How does it not have a like there are it sugar, should have been blue. There are sugar beet farmers in northern Minnesota with with like quonsets that are better that are better suited to hold this thing than that tarp they set up. What is going on? This is like investors from all kinds of millionaires, and you couldn't have an actual structure that would hold up to a little bit of wind. What a disaster! The blue Home Depot tarp would have held up better. <laughs> Terrible! Like what is going on? Like geez, why wasn't Cantlay out there? Cantlay with. His sponsorship. Good DeWalt God. hasn't left. He would have been. Tiger Woods has in. like a billion. Tiger Woods has a billion fucking dollars, and you're going to put your name on this this freaking tarp? Like, come on! Holy it just, shit! It yells insurance fraud to me. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, we got to the PGA is like, we got to recoup some money. Tiger, how about you throw up like twenty million to a carp oh, or like a, a a tarped enclosement? If there was a Minnesota team, if there was a Minnesota TGL team, what would they call it? What would, what would the Twin Cities TGL team be? I, don't, I was thinking about that today on my drive home from work for some reason. Like, what would you call it? I don't even, I don't even know. Come, for a future episode, we'd come with some TGL names. Well, the guys that spearhead it, Rory and, and Tiger, have been in the news for different reasons. Let's start with Tiger. He's playing in the hero. Yeah, who's gonna play? Come on, guys, let's go. Tiger is gonna tee it up, strap on the shoes, 
get that swag down. And uh, sounds like Charlie might be on the bag playing in the hero. You know, I, I didn't predict that that would happen, but he is. So let's go. I mean, that's good for golf. Gives us some golf to watch in December. Something to do anyway. How about speaking of Charlie, how about Charlie with the old Florida high school league team state title with Tiger watching? There's only two guys I know that chipped in on that hole. Charlie Woods and Timothy Corlett. <laughs> I bet you only yeah, one of them. Two of the best only, two of the best golfers alive. Only one of them probably broke 80 and he's 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I Mike, I looked a lot younger a year ago. Thank you for that. I did. I had less wrinkles. But that was me out there. So yeah. yeah, so Tiger's playing. Um, good field, good field. Yeah, I don't, speaking is, of that, so Sander dropped where, out. Is that Bermuda? Um, where 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 are they going? We got the Albany Golf Club. Yeah, I think it's Albany Bahamas, maybe. Bahamas. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Jeff Muta Triangle. The hero. We got. Uh, when does it start again here? Well, you're looking at. I think it's next weekend, isn't it? I'm pretty sure Tiger at the Hero is is it at the same course every time? Or do they do they uh, move? I'm not sure. Because I remember he had the chipping yips one time playing the year the the hero, and it was kind of that sticky grass, and he couldn't quite figure out his short game around there. And that was, you know, going back a little while. I think it was after his like back surgery or something like that. He came back from the hero, had no short game and was mm-hmm. was stabbing pot or stabbing chips was blading him across the green, so I know it's like that sticky Bermudiwe, Florida whatever they call it. Yeah. Down. It's next week, Bermuda, November thirtieth through December third, and it's got a legit like legit field. It's got Scheffler, Finau, Burns, Hovland, Homa, Day, Straka, Zalat, Will Zalatoris is going to play. He's back, Zalatoris. Whoa. Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Cameron Young, Keegan Brother, Lucas Glover, Colin Morikawa, and Tiger Woods. So it's a really hmm. good field. You know, it's a short field, obviously, but it's good. Yeah. We see Will play again. He said, no pun intended, Will is back, right? Wasn't he a back injury? Yeah. Yeah. So so Zalatoris is all he's he's ready to rock. Um I can't wait to watch that putting stroke again. I missed it. I need to see. Need to <laughs> I wonder, see if, he, I wonder if he's fixed it. Do you think, he's, <laughs> do you think like there had to be a really long period of time where he couldn't swing club? I wonder if he just putted and fixed it. Could've. Maybe got maybe got it better. Have you seen Have you seen Riggs from Barstool try to fix his putt? Oh, well, I don't. Yeah, but he's not actually trying to fix it. He's just. I'm I'm convinced that after we after we caddied for those guys and I watch Riggs' stuff every week, I'm convinced that it's all a bit now and he's not even trying to get better. Like there's no, <laughs> yeah. Why why would Trent get better when he gets all these things with break yeah. ninety episodes? Like why would he want to break ninety? Yeah, I don't know. So well then, and then on the other side of it, so that was one guy that was spearheading this TGL. We have Rory, who has now stepped down from the PGA Tour policy board, uh, replaced by Jordan Spieth. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but what are your thoughts on what's transpiring here in? the leadership of, you know, Rory is the guy and he's kind of done a lot of decisions and voiced a lot of opinions. He's kind of stepping down in this case. Giant underarm, underarmor block polos for the entire board. The entire <laughs> policy board is going to have 
just some sweet look to them now that Spieth is in there. I don't know. I don't. I think people have probably read a little too much into this. I mean, Rory was Rory was on this board for a while. He's kind of been the spokesman during all live stuff. I, I mean, they don't like they don't stay on these boards forever. At some point, they all get on and off the board, and somebody else does it. And I wouldn't. I I don't read a lot into it. I don't know. Not that concerned. Who who would want it? My big, big question. Understand? It's almost like taking one for the team at this point. But who wants to go into an HR think tank? It just sounds awful. I would stay so far away from that board. Yeah. The pressure from the players, the pressure from the the committee chairs, it just it sounds terrible to be in those rooms. Well, you're you're kind of in a the big dogs like Spieth will be now are in a little bit of a no-win situation to me cuz you got to be you're the figurehead on this board, but at the same time like Lanto Griffin this week just savaged the new setup next year, basically, and, and kind of ripped Rory and some other players for saying, you know, there's guys out here fighting for their jobs, and you guys are just worried about making more money, basically. Um, so you got three quarters of the tour that probably are, are like f off. We're just trying to survive. And then you, get, but you also gotta, you really gotta fucking play to the big dogs because they're the they run everything. So it's not a really great situation. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the board. Hell no, I would never be on that board. It's like negotiations for teaching, Mike. I would keep me away from those. Yeah, just like, like, but like, there's one thing like being on boards for other careers that they're, they're going to pay you, you know, you, you, you'll see this all the time with like university presidents are on some boards and what, you know, they get, they get paid and whatever. These guys don't need, like, Jordan Speed doesn't need money. Why would you do it? He got a, his Under Armour deal was a hundred and some million dollars. Like, you're fine. You make plenty of money, man. I don't, but I don't know. It's almost, it's almost just the ability to try to give back to represent players that don't have the same voice, the same poll that aren't coming from necessarily the same friend group of the tour. They don't represent those players. They represent the best players. Like that's what, that's what the bottom guys are complaining. Wait, about. Wait, wait, that... The top guys are just up there representing like, Oh, it's what is that? Yeah, that's like, just look how at Congress the, works. Look at what the, is like, this? L- Lanto Griffin's complaint was basically, because you have Peter Malnati is the one guy on the tours policy board that is there for like the little guys. You know, they have one guy always, it's the bottom kind of tier guy, but the rest of them have been like your top 30 kind of players. You know, I can't remember who's all on there right now. It was, it's not just Rory. It's some other big, Justin Thomas was on there. There's some other guys on there, you know, your top end guys. So all of these changes, you know, for next year with the elevated events and, and all that, are so geared to keep the top guys there and not go to like live or something that let Lanto Griffin is basically complaining that, you know, these elevated events, you get 300 points. So I think his quote was, if you, if I get fifth place at Torrey Pines the next week, I only get 110 FedEx cup points, but the previous week at Riviera, that fifth place is worth 300 because it's an elevated event with no cut, a shorter field. You know, so all these changes are geared towards the big dogs, they're not geared to help the average guy. So you got, there's a real rift there kind of between, you know, a lot of the tour and, and um, you know, the, the other guys like Rory, who will just flat out say, play better. That's what they'll say. Like, just play better. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to get up into the top 50 and get into elevated events, play better, which there's a lot of truth to that. He's not wrong. You know, if you play good enough, you'll make money. I don't know. Tim, you want to max fly, you know, sponsorship, play better. Come on. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think I play I think I play fine for this Max Life sponsorship. I think I'm probably one of the best players they've seen in years. Generational hell, in fact. Where the hell did you decide all of a sudden to play Max Flies today? Okay. All right. A couple <laughs> weeks back, it came out at the at the Max Fly Tour X ball has second best compression of a golf ball behind the Pro V1X in my golf spy. So I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go see what's all this golf ball shenaniganry about. I'm thinking Max. Max flies from my day when they're rock hard or made of rubber bands. One of the two uh, or both, depending on which one you found. But I uh, started to do a little bit of research and the reviews coming in on these Max fly golf balls have been phenomenal. And then I looked them up on the store. It was buy two for 60. Yeah. 24 golf balls for $60 brand new. With no blemishes. I was going to say, you're not, you're not no a buy new marks. guy. You're not a refurbished guy. You couldn't find some refurbished Max Life? <laughs> I can find... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I think I have a bucket over here of them, actually. I, I don't I, think they're quite the same quality, though. Well, I'll tell you what. If DDH comes out with a new one, they'll Dunlop DDHs. We can we can all go retro 90s balls and get some new, uh, new blood out there. I, you know, like Mike, it was one of those things where, like, you know, he gets obsessed with like how far he's driving it. Wants to just <laughs> that was his golf ball today. All he oh my god! You're his hitting this. No, 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 no. It was it was the embodiment ball. of a noodle. It was long okay. and it was soft. Okay, people. It was a good golf ball. If there is anybody out there who isn't from around Minnesota, it is it is almost December. Okay, everything's dead. It has barely rained in a month. Tim is hitting golf balls basically down a runway. It's so rock hard. Like I would right hope, in the middle, though. <laughs> I would I would hope that it's Albion. You can hit it anywhere. It's all concrete. It's gonna roll forever. Like I would hope it's basically like Don Johnson on Tin Cop just bouncing it down the road. It's just gonna go forever. But well, you would say that's a pretty <laughs> hits a narrow landing wood. strip. When it hit when he hits the three wood, he doesn't believe that the ball rolls out. <laughs> oh, only the driver, only the driver is popping today, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. There's the no way there is the three one. He's upset. You know, there's no way that I that... hit that 270 yards in the air. So what, what happened? At, what happened at Southern the Fairway into the creek? What <sighs> happened at Southern Hills? I had I had Tim beat by a hundred yards on a par five at Southern Hills. One hundred yards. I mean, yeah. look at the size of you. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The size. The size. You can't thing. see him. You can only see Mike's head in his screen. <laughs> <laughs> that is all it holds. He's so large. I had you beat. So you're telling me if you had the max fly that day, you'd have been right up there with me hitting hitting sandwich into that par five. Mike, I can barely see you in your screen. You're so huge. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> oh. Well, oh you're Tim. Let's have you talk about this. I didn't watch it. Mike didn't watch it. Fill us on this Netflix thing that you watched. Goodness. Well, I can tell you, it it looks a lot like Live. It actually looks worse than Live. The graphics are as flashy as a Gen Z putting together the newest TikTok, but instead of being done by a Gen Z and be done well, it's done by someone much older and someone much worse. The uh, the refurb off the mics was terrible. Lots of echoing through the entirety of the broadcast. And um, God, guys, remind me of the running back. Who was there? Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, probably. It was a bunch of F1 drivers, too, wasn't Marian it? Marion Butts? 
No, no. It, it classic, was, just classic. Natro, 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 and means. We're getting, <laughs> we're going all kinds of classic chargers. McCoy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is Marshawn Lynch, famous for his interviewing skills. Right? No words, two words, one word, whatever it might be. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Oh my God! They had shot. him in charge of of the gameplay. I don't think he plays golf, boys. I I'm a hundred almost hundred percent positive he does not play golf, and he's doing the play by play at the uh, the Netflix special. Plus some gimmicky things, and I know live and they've got the music, they've got the carnival games. The guys were playing a who can get to the cart fastest drive up to the hole and make the putt uh, because of the mixture between the F1s and the the PGA Tour guys. It yeah. it just felt it didn't feel like a sport. It it felt like a circus. It wasn't well produced. The graphics were worse than live. And again, I, I said it before, but I think it shows how hard these are to put on to to bring any sport live to an audience from an attempted an emerging tour. I had uh I saw some of the clips and I had zero interest in watching Ricky Fowler try to speed golf. None whatsoever. I don't care. And not to mention it's on the uh, the most overpriced golf course maybe in America. Worse than Sawgrass and Shadow Creek cuz they're actually decent golf courses the win for like $700 peak pricing it's just 5 550. No, the but, peak pricing was up to like six ninety nine. Somebody put during the week of the F one. They had jacked the way up six ninety nine. It was to play the win on the week of the F one, when everybody was in town. A, a, a very average golf course that has a great location in the middle of Vegas, like crazy, insane. But yeah, I didn't have any. I I li- didn't even give it a thought after watching those guys. Like I saw a couple of clips on Instagram. Like yeah, I don't want to watch this. You did miss one of the best golf shots of the year when one of the F1 drivers just straight shanks one into the crowd. <laughs> Again, showing that normal golfers probably shouldn't be within crowds. But also showing how easy PGA Tour golfers have it. That shank probably would have went out of bounds, but if it smokes somebody and stays in play, <laughs> saving saving strokes again. How many times? We saw it at the BMW. The fans are there stopping balls from going down the one hill in that one par four. I almost got hit in the head. Would have saved. Would have saved uh, Siwoo a bunch of strokes. I I, I know we're not at uh, like a any kind of educational podcast here of how to break eighty, but folks, if you're trying to break eighty, bring a crowd. They'll line the edges. Absolutely, it's like cheating. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like I'm... bowling with bumpers. You just yeah, you can't do <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, cover ball, right? women and children to the front (laughs) how many times have you seen it you know all all the pros have to do is sign a glove and give them a few give them a hundred bucks or whatever and they save a bunch of strokes what would you boys hand out if you hit a hit a hit someone hit another uh spectator well i have i look looking at my bag i have tons of blue mountain teas i could give them just tons and (laughs) tons in there (laughs) possibly a swisher sweet or something to pass them (laughs) Speaking of Tim, Tim got my lighter from my back, my bag. Today. Oh shoot! Well, that's that's the first thing getting signed, and after that, it's going to be signed cigarettes. <laughs> I've got a bunch of used golf golf uh, gloves that have holes in them, like <laughs> just crusty. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, did you? Uh, so, Tim, Tim wants to talk Netflix. What happened in the actual? What some people will maybe call real golf. <laughs> real golf? The real golf. <laughs> are you talking Tim's are you talking about Tim complaining about you guys around at Elvin there or the PGA Tour? 
No, PGA Tour. Oh, I thought Tim was going to go was, to real today golf. Today was a hard-fought real golf match. Okay, but you lost, correct? I did. Remember Jeff? Remember Jeff like a month ago when he was the self-proclaimed greatest player on this podcast? In <laughs> September. <laughs> In September. Yep, I saw this guy four putt today. It was it was a four putt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he four putt. Listen, the conditions are really tough out there. Really tough. I saw a lot. I saw a couple on Jeff's Insta. I saw a few shaky short putts. Really dicey. Didn't even the, didn't even scare the hole. Jordan Sherbert. <laughs> so okay. Um, PGA Tour this week for people that are avid listeners. I just want to say, I told you so. The prediction came true. The chosen one, Ludwig, with a dominating 29 under par, including uh 61 61 on the weekend, which is like almost insane to think about. Like, you normally see like 161. He went back to back sixty ones on the weekend to win this thing, um, and it was actually a sneaky halfway decent field because they're trying because it was the last event to get your uh, tour card secure and everything and get more points for next year. So there was actually some decent players there. It was kind of for a while Ludwig and Eric Cole battling for the who's going to be rookie of the year. Basically, they're the two favorites for rookie of the year even though Ludwig's only played like four months on the tour. But oh, um, but uh, but then uh, Cole only shot like three under the last day and kind of faded a little bit in McKenzie Hughes camp there. But um, So Ludwig, let's talk Ludwig here. Everybody knows I love Ludwig, have for a long time. Ludwig Aberg turned pro in June. He was ranked, I believe, when he turned pro because he hadn't played hardly any tour events. Somebody I saw like in pro rankings had put something like 9,000, like 9,000, 9,300 and something ranking or something when he started because he had no pro starts. Ludwig Aberg is up to 32nd in the world rankings right now, and he's only been a pro for since June, whatever that is, five months now almost. He's won, so far this year, he's played 11 events. He won a PGA Tour event. He won one of the bigger DP World Tour events. And he's played in the Ryder Cup. This guy is a stud. I'll give you the stats to back that up in a second. There was a lot of talk, though, on there's 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 a lot of people that are delusional. I'm not delusional. I, I'm just confident that Ludwig's going to be the number one player in the world one day. And I think it's going to happen. I'm not delusional. Tim and Jeff, you can look at me funny if you want to. But uh, <laughs> just like Cameron uh, Young was going to be a top 10 player. I don't, I don't know if he ever quite got there, but he's close. You but, call me um, delusional. I don't. I don't hold it. But against um, there were people talking about oh Ludwig, you know, greatest, better than Tiger, and all these people. It's like slow down a little bit. Tiger had won two majors by the time he was Ludwig's age. Even Morikawa had won a few. But this guy is legit stud. Um, he just on Sunday he finally was able to qualify for all the stats. You have to play fifty rounds before before he'll actually, you know, put you on there. And he did. He put his 50th round. Here's where he is for the year then. Strokes gain total, 10th. Strokes gain off the tee, second. Strokes gain punting, 40 seconds. Not awful. Total driving, first, of course. He's a, just a – it's an absolute weapon. Him and Rory are the two best drivers of the golf ball. You know, it's and Ludwig's way more accurate than Rory. Um, driving distance, sixth. So he hits it straight and long. Driving accuracy, if you're just taking actually 27th. 
Greens in regulation, he was third. Proximity to the hole, second. Scoring average, second. Par four scoring, first. Birdie average, first. So from the events he played, he was so good. It's unbelievable. He's a crazy good. The only thing he like super, I wouldn't even call it super struggling, but as he struggles, is strokes gained approach. So he's like 107. So if he tightens up some of that, which is where I think Jeff's talked about it before, like he'll have, he'll have one round, you know, he'll play great for three and then he'll have one round where he doesn't hit the approach shots very well. And he just doesn't score. Usually if he tightens up that kind of stuff, you know, and, and he fixes the chipping a little bit, kind of like Victor Hovland did. He is, his floor is so high because he hits it so good. out. Like, like think about this. He's never played a major before. He's going to go to a major next year. He's going to go to all the majors and his driving alone you would think we'll give we'll give him a chance because he's such a good driver of the golf ball. Like you don't even have to if you're always in play and always long, you don't have to hit it that great. Like, you know, because you're hitting short clubs, like it's unbelievable. His statistics are crazy. Just is there not, is is there a conspiracy happening right now? Cause I it, we saw what happened on the NFL with Taylor Swift and now we see this emergence. I Victor Hovland is a rock star. Yeah, it's the year of the Scandinavians. And now you have the most handsome man in golf since yeah. Adam Scott. Maybe more handsome. Prime versus prime. Because at least Ludwig can wear different tones of clothing. <laughs> I don't know. Ludwig's not a great dresser. He's gotta get a he's gotta get out of Adidas. Adidas just does nothing for me. Like they just don't just the shoes aren't don't look very good. The clothes like just he's gotta get out of Adidas. Do we see a twofold increase in female golfers in two years? I don't, I mean, so he's 32nd in the world right now. He's going to be a poster boy. Like he already kind of is, but he's going to be a big time poster boy because he's going to be. It took him, it took him five months to go from unranked, like outside of the top like thousands to 32nd. Like it did not take him very long. Um, So he's going to, you know, now that he gets a full year next year you know, to play in majors and elevated events and all that stuff, he's going to go up even more unless he really tanks. Um, but I don't think so because he hits it so good. It's unbelievable. Uh, he hits it so far. Like Tim and I watched him hit that two iron at TPC <laughs> in that pro-am. It was just ridiculous walking inside the ropes with that guy. It's crazy how he, how good he is off the tee. Um, so, yeah. That's going to be the closest we ever get to him this ever. Yeah, we were walking. I, that, we yeah, were right there. Yeah, I was trying – yeah. I was telling the guys walking, like playing in the group, the pro. I was like, "Hey, you know, do you understand who you're playing with? This guy's gonna be the world number one, possibly." And they're like, "Yeah, he's really good." I'm like, "No, I don't think you understand just how good he really is. Like, it's unbelievable." Um, so yeah, I mean, if he tightens up some of the, you know, I think I think bunker play and some of the some of the scrambling stuff a little bit, like he hits it so good, it's crazy. I also think an underrated part of his game is. When you watch him, he's got just a really good, calm demeanor. Yeah, like, I was going to say that. He doesn't get too high. You can't high really low. tell that he doubled the hole. You can't tell that he's had six birdies in a row. You just cannot gather that information. He's just a quiet kid by nature. He might be inside fuming. I, I, can't, I can't say, but he does a really good job of hiding it. Good job of just um, kind of just even keel. Um, and, you know, that's something to be said, too. Like, I just think he's... He's got the full package and, you know, kind of sharpens up his iron play a little bit. Kind of some of his, you know, it'll be interesting to see actually how he does at Augusta. You know, like Augusta is more of a second shot golf course. I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's always going to be in play because it's so wide. I mean, you know how wide those fairways are. 
But, you know, how is he going to fare there? He, he'd be an interesting test. You know, a couple of guys have played well there when they play their first <clears throat> first times, but not many. So I'm interested to see him play there. I think he'll kill it at the PGA events, wherever they play those. U.S. Open with narrower fairways. He, should, he hits yeah, it so it, straight and long, you know, he gets off the tee. Enough. U.S. Open PGA <laughs> Championship. Yeah, yeah. If, the put, if the putting holds up and he putts a little better, and I mean, it wasn't terrible. He's 42nd in the strokes game in his 50 events, but if the putting holds up and some of the short stuff gives up, I got, you got to think a guy like that with that kind of golf swing and everything is, is going to get better at some of the approach stuff and, and all that, the wedge play. I think that's pretty standard. You see some of those guys come out and they, they find their deficiency and they look at the stats and they, and they fix it like Hovland did with chipping, you know, they just, they just get better. Um, I haven't heard him talk much. I'm just curious on what, how he comes off. Does he like, does he truly in himself inner inner believe that he is one of the best players in the world or can be, you know, that's think, part of it too. Tim and I had dinner with his caddy and I think his caddy said, yeah, I think he, he knows he's the man, um, okay. but he's pretty quiet. He didn't say much out there in that pro-am. Doesn't no. talk a lot. He doesn't have a ton of, that's the one thing he's lacking. If he had the big, if he had the Hovland personality to go with the looks and the, in the play and everything, he'd be, you know, he'd make so much money off endorsements. It's unbelievable. But I think we can probably get his caddy on the pot. I bet we had dinner with him. We can, uh, we can maybe get Jack on the pod and to talk about some of that stuff sometime this winter. But, um, but yeah, it's the year of the Scandinavians, guys, because you got Ludwig came about. Hovland's a bona fide superstar this year. Um, Nikolai Hoygaard, the de- from Denmark, which is a Scandinavian country. To anybody listening out there, mainland mainland Europe, Scandinavian country, won on the DP World Tour this week. South so Hoygaard's uh. Hoygaard had a huge year, Ryder Cup. And then um, what Lofoten Lynx, they had a course in the Norton and the Arctic Circle has a course in the top hundred in the world this year. So it's the it's Scandinavian year. And Sammy Villamaki, the Finn won event in the DP tour as well. So Scandinavian golf on the on the up up and up here. Buy your stock on the rise. Yeah. You know who the guy's gonna be next year. Not that I'm going to make it. I'll make another yeah, call right now. I'll here make another go. call right now to go with my Cam Young for everybody, to go with my Ludwig. I'll give you the next guy if you want to jump on the uh, bandwagon with Cam, me. Cam Young didn't. Uh... Cam Young's been pretty good, Tim. Cam Young should have been on the Ryder Cup team. Cam Young's top 15 in the world or something. He has been. He got second at the Open. He's pretty damn good. And even though his dad won't, won't give us a time of day, that guy. But uh, here it is next year. You're going to, you're going to, you hear her, heard it here first. ADDC. You can sing it with me. It's not it's not ACDC. It's ADDC. Adrian Dumont de Chazard is coming. The Bel the Belgian. He's gonna be the next, he's gonna be the next guy. Um I'm actually not to drag this out, but I'm actually a little concerned for the US with that Ryder Cup team. Like this is the first time in a long time where the Europeans might have better younger players than the Americans do. You know, like you think about it, the European Ryder Cup team for a long time was those older stalwarts, you know, like Poulter and all those guys, Westwood and Sergio. Now it's like the Hoygaards, Ludwig, Hovland's young. You got uh, ADDC common. They got some young players that are really good. Uh, maybe better than American young players. I don't know. Who's who? I don't even know. Like, who's some of our American 
Well, I mean, um, you got the Cam Youngs. He's still pretty young. Um, Is he going to be something? Who? Austin Greaser. I don't know. Gordon Sargent. Yeah. Cootie. You got the Cooties. You got, um, oh, Utah kid, um, Summer Hayes. Um, you know, and you look at the, but you look at the PGA Tour guys, all of the big U.S. <laughs> Summer I mean, more, Hayes in there? He's young, but he's good. Preston Summer Hayes is really good. Um, you got, I mean, Morikawa is still young. You got Morikawa. Um, Homa, I guess you could call Homa's fairly young. You could throw Homa in there. He's on the older end of that, but I'm, but the, the bigger superstars, you know, like even Scheffler's not that young or right around 30, probably where the Europeans in that mid twenties to low twenties have a bunch of really good players. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, be interesting to see what happens there, but they're, they look kind of locked and loaded already two years out here. Uh, yeah. Well, anything else from the <clears throat> professional golf realm? Um, John? What else did we, did I see this week? Eh, not really, not much. I mean, we kind of covered it all. Tigers playing Ludwig. Um, oh, our guy. How about our guy, Andrew Novak? Pod pod podcast uh, guest made. I believe he came in one twenty three, so he secured his card. Break any um, bump, huh? He uh, well, did you see the story? Did it have he us? He was listed? on Friday. He, I think eighteen is the par five, and that's his home course, by the way. Seattle that's where he plays at, and uh, he needed to like make a double or something to make the cut. And he's and he hit he hit one out of bounds. It like bounced off somebody out of bounds or something. But he ended up making a double and got in. And then he and then he played a little better on the weekend. But he, basically making the cut secures card for him. How do you hit one out of bounds as a pro? You just move your barrier wall next to the out of bounds. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. I talked to him. I talked to him. He said he'd uh, he'd come on again. He's also got a he's also got a football podcast. I told him he could talk some football. Yes. Uh, he talks. He, he talks Carolina Panthers football. I said not a lot to talk about right now. Yeah. Other than uh, you should took CJ. Other you should should took CJ Stroud. Um, yeah. Hubbard needs more carries than Miles Sanders. How about? <laughs> well, just Carolina, they're screwed. They don't have. They they would have the number one pick, but they traded it all for Bryce Young, and then CJ Stroud is way better. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else from the pro golf realm, I don't think. Well, let's talk us. I mean, our seasons are coming to a close. We've been getting out there a little bit. You know, the we, we only can play when the weather's a certain degrees and courses decide to open. You guys played at Southern Hills the other day. Oh, and uh, Boulder Point. Come back on 18 yeah. or what happened? No, that was called the universe correcting itself. It always corrects well. itself. Well, Timmy, let's, let's not gloss over that. Timmy pulled out one beat down. And I will admit, Timmy beat me down. That was the worst I've been beaten in match play in a long ass time. But then, he, but then, and then, of course, he got <laughs> got ahead at Southern Hills, and he was just talking shit. Oh, win again! And then, of course, I managed to go from two down to two up, just like that. Won a bunch a of lost, in a, row. a lost ball in the leaves, and he, a, he uh... didn't lose a ball. No, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Jeff, Jeff. He's trying to claim leaf rule in the fescue. <laughs> he yanked it into the fescue. It's mowed fescue. Ball. It is grass height. 
It was complete fescue. Yeah, it had been cut, but you can't take a leaf rule in the fescue. Listen, the, you the, by the way, against the me way, at all costs. Anybody that can find a rule, Mike, it's you. Yeah, you, you cannot. You can't take. You can't take just because we played a leaf rule in some other holes. You can't take the leaf rule in the fescue that has no leaves. How there's there was like there was next to no leaves in there. Just because we didn't find it doesn't mean it's under the the four leaves in the entire. 100 yard area we searched leaves cut grass <laughs> in, in general uh, inability to find the ball it's all the same thing yeah not to mention that i was hitting like you were going to be hitting like full three wood short of the green and i was hitting eight tiring in so <laughs> you were screwed either way yeah it's the year of the norwegian or whatever <laughs> all right tim Explain the controversy of today. Let's get it out there. So you yeah, here we go. I've heard a lot about. I've heard a lot about this. Why, why can't we just focus on my six and five victory? Were you were you ahead, Mike. Timmy? Were you ahead in this match? Yes, yeah. I was. I we I, on the back nine. I don't think we have a hole. I think we may have had one hole. We have we have uh, we have eight. Yeah. So I'm sitting on the tee. There's it, it's cold. It's a little frozen. We're downwind, and there is a creek of indeterminate distance away from us. And we parked our push carts a good 30, 35 yards in front of the tee box because it was the the closest line. What do you mean and indeterminate distance? It's it's like two sixty up there or something like that. Two seventy. It's Tim, probably two fifty. Yes. I thought you were hitting it two sixty in the air with the max fly. What's the problem then? That's that's with the driver. I brought a three wood because what? I was what? thinking what? it's cold. It's cold. I'm going to lay up, and we're playing a different tee than we normally do. And I'm thinking this is perfectly fine. This will be well short. And I go, hey Jeff, what is it to the creek? He goes like, I don't know, three hundred. I'm like, perfect. There's no <laughs> way I'm hitting a three wood three hundred yards. And there it goes, right down the center. And uh, right over the 150, dead center of the fairway, mid-cut, lands 10 yards off the creek, goes right in. Isn't Two bounces. Dry right, isn't it dry right now? Or totally yeah, it's flowing, water. baby. It's oh, it flowing. Really? Oh, yeah. The thing that I feel like, but the part that Tim is missing, he's, he's focusing on the negative. Why not focus on the just the gorgeous three-wood that you just pissed on? You always want to talk about distance. Talk about the fact that you hit this one so well, you couldn't even contain it into a 275-yard Let's talk about bad caddying, all right? We're sitting there. This we're is... looking at a hazard. And I'm gonna... asking, like, is it, are we gettable? And you're hitting a driver, Jeff. You hit a driver. I hit a slap driver. I told you I have that in my bag. I feel as if you didn't. This is poor course management, Tim. Victor Hovland would have just taken driver, like I told you earlier that before the pod. You take driver on that hole and you just rip it down the right side. There's another par five there, wide open, that, that gives you a, just a normal approach shot over the trees. You don't have to worry about anything. You just hit it as hard as you can down the other hole. That's how you play the entire LBN golf course. You basically hit it as hard as you can anywhere on a different hole and you're fine. Do you want to know how bad of a of a, a collapse Tim had today? He, you were two up a no. three. To, you were two up a three to he play. Was, he, was up, he was up two through fourteen, and lost. <laughs> so he lost three of the last four holes. Um, we should have. We should have. Tim. We should have brought Slick Mick on tonight. The the witness. 
the eyewitness to get the real <laughs> to get the real story as to what what he truly, did what truly occurred on this hole. He did say that uh, I am the most well-adjusted of this podcast. Those were his words in so maybe, my words. Maybe he's not the most reliable host then, old slick Mick, <laughs> Jeff's dad, because if you're the most reliable who's missed tea times and missed podcasts and whatever, most well-adjusted, that's he's something. Per- so he, here's his quote. He told, he told, yeah, you're like, he said, yeah, that Mike, he hit two of the most farthest drives I've ever seen. At <laughs> you know, yeah, and- like- Slick Mick doesn't know the pain of missing two eagle putts at Monty and a one-man scramble. <laughs> so, oh, man, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll get out again, but there's hope. There's some 40-degree weather coming. Who knows who will be open, but. There's a possibility I'm for always game unless I I think the problem with I've got is basketball weekends with my daughter, so I might be cashed out for the year. But I do want to tra- take a little drive down south to Kansas um, to Kansas City and play some down there. I think that I've, I've done that in the past. Um, it's like a six and a half, seven hour drive. And so you get to go right through Des Moines in the High Life Lounge, baby. Yeah, the like bar, the best bar out there. You just got to drive south seven hours and you can find playable. I really yeah. like the dormant grass. It's just super brown. Um, so, yeah, for you know, the listeners, uh, Missouri is the best state. Okay, first of all, it is a shithole, but. It does have golf that's open most of the year. And pretty good. And it's, got some, and it's got some pretty good golf. You do what you want down there. All right. You don't barbecue. Them. Yeah. I'd go on a road trip sometime. Why not? Yeah, I don't I mean I was thinking just like, you know, I know Tim Tim's Tim was trying to okay, so Tim, you were talking first of all, you had a trip to Texas and you can maybe explain where you're gonna play there, but you were saying that you're trying to look into flights to get this uh stream song and it's ridiculous after Christmas, right? No, before Christmas. Uh, it trips right now during Christmas. My God, you can't find a flight for less than $700, it feels like. But uh, the Texas trip so far is going to have a couple, hopefully, fingers crossed, private courses. Austin Country Club still possibly on the agenda, if not Barton Creek, which is semi-private. You can play it with a resort stay. It's just on the west side of Austin. Wonderful. What, uh, what day would you play Austin CC possibly? We don't know. Friday or Saturday? Hmm. You're going to play the Tilly though, right? Brackenridge? I am. Yep. So I'm going to go down to Corpus Christi actually and play the only like actual certified uh, Lynx course in Southeast America. Uh, there's Truly, one in it's Corpus. considered a links course. There's only five in the United States. It is a links course, Mike. It's but it's considered a, like an actual one. It has sandy soil and it's salted sandy soil. What, what's the name of this course? I need to do some research on this. Pamela Beach. P A M golf course. Yep, yep, yep. You can look it up. I you might not agree with the hole designs. So there might be a little bit more roughage around the fairways than you want, but it's no, a well, I, just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I believe you. But there's like they've done studies on this, like you know, trying to compare. It, and there's like there's like five legit 
what would be called like links courses in the whole country. And I think like three of them are abandoned or something. I don't, I don't even know what they are. There's like only five. It's a, a very well, small. Welcome number. to the break 80 podcast where we bring you the news. <laughs> and you're bringing the drone out, right? So we're going to get, we're going to get some, content, I do, yeah. some YouTube I've, videos. I've got the drone with, uh, I plan to do it there and I plan to do it at old Brack, which is one of the few public Tillinghouse that's been restored at uh, the former site of the Texas open, which was the highest paying, uh, tournament on tour for a number of years and uh ho- uh home of god i want to say a couple pga championships but a great course fantastic course and less than a hundred dollars so if you're not following our our newsletter um please go like follow it's through brk80.com but you'll find uh an article on some of these places to play on the uh, most recent one yeah, we got some stuff coming. What's what do you got? What's your article about, Jeff? Working on offseason stuff? Yeah, we got we're we're gonna uh kind of you know, I've got an opportunity the last you know, the I would say I've been pretty hardcore in the golf now for, you know, quite a while, but the last couple of off seasons I attacked it in a certain way and now I'm kind of coming to the realization that that's for me not the way that I think the off season should go. And I'm I'm gonna kinda tweak it and give some ideas to people that I think are more beneficial. I've seen that my coming out of, you know, our winter season or off season, whatever, I haven't seen the results that I assumed I would see putting in tons of time, whacking balls all winter, doing this, doing that. I think there's some, you know, better time or better ways to use our time is basically what I'm going to write about. Yeah. I think like repeatedly hitting into a net, uh, it's, it's fine if you film yourself and you're, and you're working on stuff, but unless you have a like a a launch a launch monitor that's telling you numbers, you know, and you're seeing spin rates and how far you hit it, it's a little bit of a fool's gold kind of. You're just kind of bashing balls just to stay, to stay told, in the yeah. You know, and I, I talked to Tim. I just said, uh, you know, one of the things I also noticed in the spring is like I don't do really well with turf interaction. I just feel like I kind of turn myself into a sweeper in the winter because I. You know, I'm not used to really hitting the contact that you need to hit in real outdoor fields. So I just, I feel like it takes me a while to get going. I've never been a great spring spring player. So I figured hitting tons of balls of practicing was the answer when really maybe it's keeping it simple and less balls and working some other things that I want to write about. So we'll see. Coming around to the dark side. I love it. That's what I, I, I love to hear. Yep. He, yep. he did. He did on the course say he was going to get into your fitness program this winter, Mike. Oh, well, I actually, <laughs> here's, here's what happened to me last night. I had an epiphany a little bit. I was sitting here doing some bullshit that I, you know, working on some product. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go lift weights. We're going to go work out over to, over to the old fitness center. So I even went upstairs and I put some shorts on and I, and I told the lady, I said, hey, I'm going to go lift some weights. And then I walked by the mini fridge and the, and the TH, the sel- the seltzer, the seltzer, the THC seltzer looked me right in the eye and said, You're, you want to sleep, don't you? And I cracked that bad boy open and I was sleeping within 45 minutes. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. We could do, we could do some goals. We could do some, we could do some goals in like December though. I got, I got to get in better shape. This has been a bad, this was the worst year of golf score wise in a lot. I mean, it was fun. The year was really fun. We did a lot of fun shit. But the score wise was horrible. Although I did play, I did shoot. What did I end up shooting? Was it even par at Southern Hills last round of the year, Tim? Yeah, it might have been. It, yeah, even even maybe one over. I don't know. I don't know. I, so just, I, hit, I actually hit it hit it pretty well the last uh, the last time. So I love your you're like 
All right, old lady. I'm heading to the gym. I gotta, <laughs> gotta go pump some iron with the men. I don't oh, know. Hello, oh. hello, beautiful. Is that a THC seltzer looking <laughs> me dead in the eyes? Well, it's I made yeah. I made the I made the fatal mistake. Well, I made two fatal mistakes. I walked by the mini fridge we have for the booze, and uh, I sat down. It's like one of those things you know, where, you, where, you, where you're planning, like you're you're, you're you're planning on doing something. You got big plans when you get home from work or whatever. I'm gonna go do this. Then he's late. You're like, I'm just gonna lay down for a couple minutes and watch this show and rest. And then next thing you know, it's like four hours later and you're still there. (laughs) I uh I have an article that I will drop soon. I'll try to get done this weekend. Uh just so listeners, it's like the break 80 holiday gift guide. But it's not gonna be the like you know, stuff you can get at Golf Galaxy or the PGA Superstore. It's more like Swisher Sweets and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's gonna be like some of your, uh, you know, more unfiltered Paul Malls, maybe lesser known but cool stuff. Uh, I think we'll go with because anybody can walk into the PJ Superstore and find it, you know, stuff. But is it is going to be a link out. to your eBay shop? No, I don't have any. I sold, I sold the Scotty. I said just, I just sent the Scotty on its way to Idaho. The the old belly putter that I tried to make an arm lock that didn't work at all. <laughs> you, you know, any, any wives, any wives that are listening to this, uh, get adventurous, take your husband's wedges. Everyone wants custom stamping. Just send those bad boys in. You won't ask any questions. They ain't going to be gone that long. Yeah. So we'll get that out there too. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving boys. Tim have fun golfing down in, uh, in Texas. Yeah, we'll be watching fun. some football and eating some turkey up here. How we do it in Minnesota, I'm sure Mike's going to be on that same plan. Yeah, basically football. I guess we got all those kind of shitty games this week. You know, tomorrow. Green. We need green. We need to cheer for Green Bay. That sucks. We need a Green Bay win. The Commanders aren't going to do shit against Dallas. I'm sure. Uh, the night game is okay though. Who's the night game again? Seattle 49ers. That's a good game. That's a big game. And then there's a Black Friday game too. Jets, Jets Dolphins Let's on go. Friday. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, folks. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. And as you know, the difference between 79 and 80 is everything. Maybe today's the day I brigade thee. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Where you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.